G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Most of us, when we hear about the sort of faith that moves mountains, we expect to be able to move the mountains we want to move. We expect to see the results, to benefit from them, to revel in them. But that's not always the way it works. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome to the program today as we kick off this week with the next message in this series called Having Faith That Moves Mountains. It's great to be back with you at the start of another week. And if you had a chance to join me over the last couple of weeks, you'll know that we've been taking a look at faith from a different perspective. I guess most people want to have faith, but what is it and how does it work? And we've had a good look at a couple of real-life stories. The story of Sarah and Abraham. Man, they definitely needed faith. And yet they made so many boo-boos along the way. And then there was the story of an incompetent king and these four lepers. That was last week. And both of those stories, well, they weren't what perhaps you might have expected. Abraham and Sarah were so imperfect in their faith. And then the story of that siege and God's blessing. None of God's people showed any faith at all. And then these four lepers with really no other alternative stumble out into God's blessing. I wonder in a series called Having Faith That Moves Mountains, what sort of stories you might have expected? Stories about people and characters who'd showed mighty faith? Stories of people, real people, who'd had such a mighty faith they could single-handedly cast mountains into the sea? And when you and I, when we look at our own lives and our own situations, what do we expect of ourselves? What sort of faith, what, what sort of journey... What do we expect? I'll tell you what I expected when I gave my life to Jesus a decade and a half ago. I expected an easy ride. I expected that despite what the Bible said, despite what the preacher up the front said on Sunday mornings, and and I was blessed with a faithful teacher of God's word in those early days, and despite what happened to Jesus, I would have an easy ride of it, that I'd crash through brick walls, that, that the problems would go away, that everything that I touched would turn to gold. And even the more I got myself to understanding God and his word, and the more I discovered, well, fantastic promises like, in this world you will have tribulation, somehow the more I saw that, I still wanted to cling on to this notion that I could have an easy ride of it. See, I was somehow special and different. And that, that tribulation stuff, that was for the rest of you. you. You could go and travel those difficult roads, but that wasn't for me. The only direction for me was, ah, that's it. I'm, I'm not accepting anything else. And as I look back on those years since then, since I gave my life to Jesus, not just as my saviour, but as my Lord, there are some fantastic stories to tell. He's done some great and amazing things in me and, and around me. He's involved me in things that I could never have dreamed up myself. But, and here's the but, there have been obstacles and difficulties along the way. There have been long and winding roads. 
There have been storms. There have been times when I felt completely alone. There are times when I wouldn't have even dared to dream up a, a title for a bunch of radio programs like, like Having Faith That Moves Mountains. And those times, I've got to tell you, they didn't fit with my plan because my plan was so much like the world's plan. We talked about that a couple of weeks back. Success is about bigger, better, faster, richer. Success is about other people looking at our lives and saying, ooh, he's been blessed and she's got it made. And at some point it dawned on me, I I can't remember exactly when, that my plan wasn't God's plan. It's tragic, but it's true. Even though I'd laid my life down at his feet as completely and utterly as I was able, I still had my plan for success. And for a long time, my plan and God's plan were tearing me apart. But the problem was, I couldn't have described it as neatly as I just have to you now. I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. But something, something wasn't right. I wanted to do great things for God, but it was on my terms and not on his. I wanted to work hard and succeed at at being a Christian. I wanted to make a difference in this world for him. But there was something that had to give. It's that something that we're going to talk about on the program this week. To put it under a magnifying glass, to hold it up and look at it from this angle and from that, so that together we can identify it and name it. What exactly are we missing? Could it be that that our template of success, yours and mine, aren't the same as God's template for success? Could it be that the pattern that you and I are carrying around in our heads and in our hearts, the glasses through which we see things, are kind of distorting our view, that we're chasing after something that, that really isn't there, something that really doesn't work? One thing that I've discovered in life is that something that works well over in this situation can be a complete failure over in that situation. I worked as a consultant in the IT industry for many years. It took me into well over 200 organisations, companies large and small, government agencies around the world. And you know, it never ceased to amaze me that whilst your experience and your knowledge grows with each project and each assignment, it's not possible to take the approach that we used for company X last year and use it over here for company Y this year. Because the context and the culture are invariably different. Each organisation has its own unique blend of rules and and relationships. This one's flexible and entrepreneurial. That one is more structured. This one's risk-averse. That one is more open to risk-taking. This one had had a bad project two years ago and everyone remembered that, whilst this new company over here hadn't. And so what I discovered after a few years of doing this with the benefit of a very wise mentor, is that the template for success was different in each organisation and in each situation. The most important thing to do was to figure out what success looked like for each organisation so that you could shape a project and an outcome that was successful for them. And after a while, I figured out that the template of success in the kingdom of this world is different utterly different from the template of success in the kingdom of God. And the tension between those two was going on inside me as I was striving so hard to succeed in this new kingdom, God's kingdom, by striving for the wrong things. Things that in God's eyes didn't constitute success. 
the context and the culture had changed. And I was still trying to be successful in the old way, in the world's way, in a way that was never going to be successful in God's eyes. As I said earlier, my model of success was based on the onwards and upwards idea, always going forward, never taking a step back. And to be honest, you see a lot of that brand of success floating around the church of God today. It's the world's approach, not God's. These words from Douglas Webster's book, Under the Radar, really strike a chord with me. We shouldn't be surprised that the Bible calls for a leadership that the world does not recognise as leadership. We have trouble identifying the David-type leader whose character and leadership have been forged in the wilderness while caring for sheep. (laughs) Turns out that God's template for success is based on something I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought would be related to success a word that I'd never even used in the same sentence as success. That word is vulnerability. And that, that's what we're going to be talking about on the program tomorrow. The Word of God is alive and active, amen, with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free and I'd love to send it to you. Each day you'll receive a life-changing scripture together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement from me delivered right to your inbox where you can choose to read, listen or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's Word is the power to change and it's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed devotional if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1-300-722-415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of His Word. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.